1: This is Tom Laurie, and my guest today is the founder and CEO of Toledo based Rusk Industries, Ken Rusk. Ken has captured his hard earned insights and wisdom on his career and life in his recently released book, Blue Collar Cash. He has created a life where he loves his work, he has a secure future, and he has happiness. And we're going to be talking about how he did this today and what you can learn from his experience. Ken, welcome to the Mentors Radio, and let's get started. What does blue-collar cash mean?
2: Well, basically, it was a concept, and and again, thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it. It it was a concept that I started uh, probably about five or six years ago where I was thinking about this this um, uh, almost stigma that has become attached to blue-collar work in the, um, in the drive to put every high school kid through college. And uh, I thought, you know, that, that seems to be out of balance because, um, you know, we still need to have people that are doing the types of things to keep our world moving, you know, like the trades, the skills, um, things like that. And uh, so I noticed that this supply and demand problem was getting pretty severe almost to um, kind of like a blue-collar uh, career crisis. And uh, I just wanted to call attention to the fact that there's a lot of trades out there and a lot of demand for them, and, and they do pay um, really, really great salaries. So I thought I would put some information out there for people to to, to check out.
1: So what's your story? I, I know that you've created a life one shovel of dirt at a time. So tell us uh, how you did that and where it took you.
2: Well, it's it's an interesting story because I my high school was attached to a, an industrial park and it was separated by a fence, and there was a hole in that fence that we would go through after school just to get to the corner carryout. And uh, I, I kept going by this building day after day, and, and, and it was it was a construction building. It had a lot of activity, a lot of energy, and I wanted to make money as a young kid like anybody else when I was 15. So I walked in there one day and said, what do you guys do here? I I knew someone that had worked there, and uh, so um, they hired me in. And, uh, you know, I dug ditches uh, in the wintertime and um, when I was in school, uh, or I'm sorry, in the summertime, and when I was in school during the winter, I I worked in the office, and uh, I've been doing it ever since. So it's been, uh, I I hate to say it, but it's been a few decades I've been doing the same thing.
1: And tell us what uh, Rusk Industries does and, and how you created that. Well, Rusk
2: Industries is kind of like a parent company that is involved in several different construction-type things. So, I started out um, in in the ditch digging business, which is what I still do um, today. Um, I started with six employees, and now I have about 200. So, it necessitated us to build buildings and, and to create offices and, and places for these people to operate out of, but also. We were able to, over time, invest in other construction endeavors like um, we we build office buildings and we build houses and and that kind of thing. We have some property management, and uh, and we're into some um, construction chemicals, fire retardant chemicals for new construction. So anything that has to do with building something where we kind of have our hands in.
1: And you're a perfect example, then, of uh, starting with uh, shoveling dirt and then you've created a company uh, that has uh, – How long, and when was the company created?
2: We started in December in 1986, and that was uh, after three or four years of what they say, you know, what they call living out of a suitcase, where I was able to work for the, the company that I started with when I was younger. Um, they started franchising, and, and they wanted me to help set up new franchises, so – I was able to gain some experience by traveling around the country, opening up these companies for the new owners, you know, on their dime. And uh, we made most of our mistakes with, with uh, you know, in, in, with their money and their budgets. And, and it was good. I mean, we learned a lot. We learned quickly. We perfected the, the process of opening one of these places. And uh, it just kind of set me up to, uh, to run a company eventually for myself.
1: And, what are the nine lessons you wish you knew at age eighteen? Now that you can look back,
2: that that one's easy. You, you know, I wish I knew back then what I know now because I I, I have a four one k program. That's it's a large program in our company that I didn't even get started until I was in my in my late twenties early thirties, and um, you, you know, it, with the power of money, the way it works, especially over time, and you you know this, but. There's a little-known fact that if you can take sixty, your first $60 of your paycheck and put it into a 401k program, if you do that for 10 years, you can actually stop saving money in year 11, and you'll retire with over a million dollars. And I think, I think to have had my retirement just kind of handled and covered when I was 21 versus uh, waiting until I, I started later in life would have been something that would have brought me even more – of that comfort, peace, and freedom that we all talk about.
1: And uh, so so the big thing was the uh, investing, and then, uh, as you said a little bit, but you must have some other things when you look back when you were 18 that you wish you knew as well.
2: Yeah, I, I would say this. I, I would say that, you know, it, it, it helps to be a contrarian thinker sometimes, Tom. I mean, if you think about if everybody's going to, um, let's say let, let's say everyone's going to the direction of college and that creates this huge black hole of demand on the contractor side well that just means that you know the the opportunity and usually the money will then flow towards the the contrarian side where, where the people aren't if you will um, allow supply and demand to work for you because it literally never fails you when it comes to um, picking a market or picking a skill or something that you want to do to cr- create a life around.
1: And uh, you have 200 employees now, and are they all based in Toledo or are they scattered around the country?
2: Um, they're, they're basically uh, in in Ohio uh, and in Michigan. So I have them in three or four different places uh, in uh, in Ohio and Michigan.
1: And we got about a minute left. What, what are you doing with COVID? How are you managing with COVID? You know, we
2: were, we were lucky because we were deemed an essential business. And, um, you, you know, obviously things still break, water lines, sewer lines, those types of things still break. And we need to be there to, to be ready to fix them because that's part of what we do. So we just try to do all the things that we do, you know, wear masks and wash your hands and social distance and, and do all those kinds of things and, and, and continue to work. And uh, help people out, uh, you know, when they have an issue that they need taken care of.
1: Well, we're going to be right back in a couple of minutes with our guest mentor, author, and Rusk Industries CEO, Ken Rusk. And we're talking about how to love your work, secure your future, and find happiness for life. Thank you for listening and spreading the word about the Mentors Radio. Our podcast downloads have increased 500% since January, with over one-third of these coming from outside the United States. Go to our website, TheMentorsRadio.com, and click on Past Shows to find shows you may have missed. This is Tom Laurie, and you're listening to The Mentors Radio Show.
0: And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back.
1: This is Tom Laurie, and I am with today's guest mentor, Rusk Industry CEO, Ken Rusk, and we're talking about Blue Collar Cash, which he has just uh, released as a book, and you can get it on Amazon. Remember, you can listen to this show or any previous show via podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, Google, and more on any device at any time. Subscribe at the mentorsradio.com. Well, I understand you've had a hard scrabble upbringing. You uh, faced a lot of challenges in your life. Let's talk a little bit about that because I suspect they did a lot to shape your life and uh, develop your skills. Uh, So why don't you tell us a little about where you grew up and uh, siblings and then you had a special uh, you were born with a problem that uh, had to be dealt with but it also had a lot to do with shaping you and maybe you could tell us about that as well.
2: Well, you know, first off, thank you for asking that. Um, yeah, I, I grew up in a small town in Ohio, um, on Lake Erie. And, uh, I had four brothers and we all lived in a very small house. I think it was like 1200 square feet. And, uh, we were all very close in age. So we were kind of like a band of brothers. We took care of each other and whatnot. But, um, it was, it was, you know, it was tough because my, my father struggled. He, uh, he was working in a in, in a grocery store, and uh, he he really ground his way out to a successful living. Um, and you know, you, you don't realize what you don't have because you know people say that you don't realize that you're poor when you are because you, you don't really know what 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 you, what you what you have, and you don't miss that. But my, my the issue for me was, yeah, I was born with a pretty horrible cleft palate, which is kind of like a a large gaping hole um, in your mouth and uh, on your face and so one of the things that that did is it caused me to kind of like really shrink and become a super shy kid uh and and you know obviously when you're walking around in grade school and you've got all these scars and these scabs that are healing and surgeries i had multiple surgeries and whatnot you know it it can be brutal you can take you can take a beating from the bullies and uh in, in the high school and or I'm sorry in the grade school and I just remember one day I, I said to myself you know what enough is enough so I, I figured I would just use self deprecating humor and I'll never forget this this guy was picking on me in front of a bunch of girls and I said you know what you're right I am a scary monster I, I am this this ugly horrible thing you should you should be afraid of me and 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 that uh-huh. kind of flipped it kind of flipped him on his heels he didn't know how to come back from that. And, and the girls all said, you know, I can't believe you're picking on this guy. What's wrong with you? And he kind of saw that. And um, so this whole self-deprecating humor thing for me became kind of a crutch. And uh, I just kept going from there. And uh, it just kind of worked out. I mean, I just came out of my shell. And, and uh, you know, luckily my dad was a tough Marine, and he, he, he kept me straight as well. So it was um, – it was an interesting childhood, but uh, you are correct that that stuff does shape you for later on in life because it kind of it kind of got me to uh, to you know to stand up for myself and also to you know not be not be so shy, get out there and do what I need to do.
1: This is Tom Laurie. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show, and today we're talking with Rusk Industries CEO Ken Rusk, who's the author of Blue Collar Cash. Well. But you also started work early and did lots of uh, jobs, uh, what we call the the dirty the dirty jobs, as uh, Mike Rowe would call them.
2: Yeah, I I I don't know why, but I I just always, you know, I never liked asking for things. Like I didn't want to ask my my dad for money or whatever. I always felt like I just wanted to support myself, and so I did a lot of things. I, I scraped the floor of the local bakery, you know, get to get all the. All the work off the floor all the all the ingredients and everything that had dumped all over the floor. I did that for a long time i was uh I, I reset pins at a bowling alley, which is you know like taking your life in your hands <laughs> when when the, when the guys are out there in the germans league and they 've had too many beers uh, that can be problematic <laughs> <laughs> i've uh i I dug a lot of digits in my lifetime I built retaining walls with railroad ties and 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 creosote tar. And, you know, I, I've done a lot of things that, that were very, very physical. And I always liked that because I knew that I could control my own output. So the harder I worked, the more work I got done, the more free time I had, the more money I made. So it, it was to me, it was an overwhelming sense of control to kind of run your own destiny there. And that's, that's why I liked it so much.
1: Well, I, I guess we have some some similarities, not completely, but uh I started uh working early also as a somebody who downtown Chicago was a courier, uh, pay, getting all of a dollar an hour. And wow. as I mentioned and I mentioned to you uh in another call I I was a bricklayer's labor uh, all of a sudden, I was making some really good money as a bricklayer's labor, but very hard work as you know, and went on to become an apprentice bricklayer, and I did that for over five years and helped pay a lot of the expenses associated with going to college so and i and as uh I know, boy, I'll tell you that experience working uh construction had a lot to do with shaping me and understanding people and I I got to believe that not only did you come out of your shell, but you learned a lot about people.
2: Well, you know, there there is a lot of there, there's a lot of respect for people who do, you know, great things with their hands. And and I always talk about the the step back moment where, you know, you have someone that comes out and they build you an outdoor grill and they make it out of stone like a, a stone mason. I had that done recently a few years ago. And uh, I never forget, you know, I would run home to see the progress and, you know, at the end of the day, they'd, they'd, they'd step back and they'd lean on their shovel and they'd look at it and they would just marvel over how beautiful what they had just created was. It was like a work of art. And I, I think that's the really cool thing about, about working with your hands is you get the ability to see, to, to see what you've created. And, um, and control how the the quality of that thing is and, and know that that's going to stand the test of time. And, and I think customers, specifically the, the homeowners, they really respected anybody who worked hard. And, and that's the one thing, Tom, that I think will simply never change, and that is that if, if, if somebody sees you working hard, you, you get an automatic respect step up from somebody else because it's it's something that is becoming maybe, unfortunately, a little more rare these days.
1: Yeah, I I would agree. And uh, also the fact that I had worked uh, construction, um, again, the people I got to meet and got to understand. Now, inventor Sir James Dyson made a comment in 2013 that I'll share with you, and, and that was the smartest toy for children is a woodworking set one with a smallish saw, a hammer, screwdriver, and a chisel. They need to be supervised, but they can use it to create things other than just pressing a button. And when we come back after the break, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, It goes to another conversation I had with Mitch Perlstein out of Minnesota about going to college. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back in a few minutes with our guest mentor, author, and Rusk Industries CEO, Ken Rusk. And we're talking about... Recession-proof careers. Remember, you can take the Mentors Radio Show with you anywhere by subscribing to our podcast at TheMentorsRadio.com. This is Tom Laurie, and this is the Mentors Radio Show.
0: And now, back to the Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and I'm with today's guest mentor, Rusk Industries CEO, Ken Rusk, and we're talking about his latest book, which just came out, called Blue Collar Cash. Remember, you can hear us on the Salem Radio Network in California and Texas and online anytime at thementorsradio.com or your favorite podcast platform. So we were talking about this uh, woodwork, but uh, Dyson said. And uh, a conversation I had last year with Mitch Perlstein, who uh, wrote a book about going to college, uh, which is really what you're talking about as well, on whether or not we should go to college. Uh, Mitch talked about what's happened to apprenticeships and vocational training in high school and the void that that's created. And he also suggested that, you know, if we went back to that, uh, people would have would learn how to make things and early in their adolescents or high school years would learn how to make things. And I I you talk a lot about this as well in your book.
2: Well yeah, if if you look at you know, unfortunately, technology is a you know, a double edged sword. Because I mean, you know, you go to a restaurant and you'll see a family of four or five And, you know, the kids are all staring down at at their phones, okay, instead of having conversation with each other or with their parents. And the same holds true uh, on Saturdays. You know, instead of going out like we did when we were kids and, you know, exploring, you know, back in the woods or maybe building a tree fort out of some old lumber, you know, with some nails and a hammer that your dad gave you or whatever, you know, you don't have a lot of that self-discovery going on right now. And if you couple that, time with the fact that they took shop class out of high school and replaced those rooms with computers, you know, obviously we needed to learn computers. I don't think anybody would argue that, but if you think about it, that that eliminated an entire generation or generations of people who would have discovered a trade, and I never really thought it should have been a binary choice, one or the other. I think we should have had both and i and I still do so yeah I, I think it 's one of those things where you have a perfect storm setting up for a a, a huge demand problem uh, when you talk about under supplying contractors or 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 tradesmen. And you have oversupplying, you know, these these unspecified business degrees that people come out with with all the debt. And it just creates an opportunity for someone who's willing to work with their hands to go, wow, I'm going to take advantage of that. And I'm going to go find one of these opportunities that, that can make me, I mean, in some cases, you know, paying six figures a year to do some of these jobs.
1: And six figures, uh, you know, not just the 100,000 even more i have a uh, a relative who started out in the hvac business you know uh, without a college degree working in uh fixing up air conditioners and heaters and things and then he built a gigantic business out in new jersey uh and i mean i mean a very large business with a large clientele which he has now sold and he's now living down in palm beach florida so I mean, <laughs> we yeah we and i and 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 i think uh from what i remember uh, what half of the jobs are in the united states there's 50% of the jobs that are uh out there that don't require a college degree and most of those people or many of those people are making more than people that went to college
2: it's 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 an interesting point because you know, a lot of times when you think about building a house, you think about, wow, you know, I've made it, I've built a house, I've I've done well for myself, so I'm going to start, I'm going to go buy um, a piece of land and I'm going to build this house. What people don't realize is the people that are working on that house are probably making as much or more than the people that are building it. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and, and I, I can tell you, you're correct, the, the gentleman that did the outdoor grill, the outdoor kitchen for me, he, he wants to retire because you know, he's he's going to be almost 60, and he's been working a long time, and he literally has nobody to leave this business to that pays him a quarter million dollars a year. So, I mean, you, you think about that. If, if if someone were to come out of high school and say, you know what, college isn't for me. I think I want to work with my hands. They could go shadow this guy for three or four years and potentially take that business over from and for him and uh, and make some really good money without, you know, a four-year degree of of, of debt that goes with it, so it's it's an interesting um, um, a problem, but one that uh, you know a, a, a wise and aware young person could go. You know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go that way instead of this way, and I'm going to make a good life for myself.
1: Well, I have a, uh, and I think you call it a cosmetologist in your book, a beautician. That I started going to not to do beauty things for me, but to cut my hair, I started with her when she was nineteen, and she uh, lives here and has a home up in the Sierras and her husband is a uh, uh, is a contractor uh, and they do very well and they 're a wonderful couple and they have a lot of uh, they have control over their life I think is the big thing and in your book, I know you have an appendices with uh, a number of jobs that people can consider. That don't require being a college graduate that pay quite well, so I want to, yeah
2: we wanted right? we wanted to make sure that we included you know some hard and hard cold facts that people could look at and say wow you know I, I I never realized that i that all these opportunities were out there and available, and you know again, getting to the six figure um thing you were talking about, you know the h v a c that's one of the top highest paying jobs for uh it it, from this point you know in time right now is is the ability to go out and fix an an air conditioner, do that kind of thing those jobs are really in demand and and they're very very well paying and 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 again that goes along with some of the construction boom that we're that we're seeing now as well you know even in a pandemic you have you have companies major track builders uh, like dr horton and the rest that are setting all-time sales records well, those guys need people to do that work and and they're paying well for that for that to happen so yeah the the time and it's just such a great time to to enter that type of industry because again you know you don't often get to time the market and and um this is the time to go do it if that's what you want to do
1: yeah and i out here and i'm in california uh, the construction trades have done very well during the pandemic. And one of the big areas has been how, home remodeling. Uh, it's just incredible how much home remodeling is going on. Uh, and it's hard to get people to come in and even get quotes on things. They're so busy. So that goes back to your supply and demand uh, issue. And also, I want to mention that in the book, in another appendices that you had, uh, is you've list all the, some very well-known people. Maybe you can mention a few of them uh, who uh, have done quite well without a college degree, just as an example of people that uh, didn't go to college and some dropped out.
2: Oh, yeah, uh, it, it's 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 really un- unbelievable when you when you see some of the the, the names there. Uh, Steven Spielberg, Steve Wozniak, Simon Cowell, Stephen Jobs, Tom Golisano, founder of Paychex, you know, Walt Disney, You know, it's it's really unbelievable to see what some of these people have done. Mary Kay, the the founder, Mary Kay Ash, the founder of Mary Kay Incorporated. Larry Ellison, Kirk Kerkorian, John D. Rockefeller. It it just John and and John and
1: John. Yeah, and John Mackey, who founded Whole Foods, and and you noted that he he gave the he gave the college try six times. (laughs) Yeah, so it's
2: really cool to see. You know, other people have taken this path before you, so you're not, you're not exactly, you know, cutting this forest for the first time yourself. And it's, it's, it's really comforting to know that if you've got some, if you got some of that spirit, some of that entrepreneurial spirit, which we all have within us, but it needs to be fueled by what you want out of life first, you know, we can all, we can all get those little characteristics that make up good entrepreneurs within ourselves to come out once we know what it is we're after.
1: Now I know one of the other things that's really near and dear to your heart is helping others, uh, and I think this goes back to what your purpose in life is. Uh, maybe we could, uh, well, we'll start now. I think we got a little less than a minute, and then we have to go to break. But tell us, let's start talking about how you got into helping others and what you're doing and your superpower. And got one minute. We got one minute until uh, we go to break. So see, you don't have to say it all now. We can carry this over to the next segment. But let's talk a little bit about what. What you're doing to help others and what you've learned along the way in helping others.
2: Well, I'll I'll start by saying this, and then we'll finish on the other side of the break. But I'll start by saying that when my daughter was sick, I ran into a gentleman, and I needed to get her to the hospital fast. I needed to get her to, to the Cleveland Clinic and then out to Philadelphia, and she was in a very remote spot in northern Michigan at a camp for the summer. He stepped up to me, and he said, listen, Ken, I want you to take my plane. I want you to take her wherever you need to go, and there will be no bill. And as you know, that's not cheap. And I asked him, why would you do such a thing? And he said, because to whom much is given, much is expected. And I will never, ever forget that, Tom. And uh, maybe after the break, we can talk a little more about uh, the types of things that we're doing.
1: Yep. And we're going to go to break. We'll come back, and I think we'll pick up a little time for the next segment. Uh, We're talking with author and Rusk Industries CEO Ken Rusk, and we're talking about Does one need to go to college and recession-proof careers? This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio Show.
0: And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and I'm with today's guest mentor, Rusk Industries CEO, Ken Rusk, and we're talking about blue-collar cash. So in the last segment, Ken, we were talking about one of your passions one of your gifts actually is helping people and you told the story, and I don't think the audience knew this, but your daughter had uh, contracted a very rare type of uh, cancer, and you were telling the story of how somebody had reached out uh, that you knew and flew your daughter wherever she needed to go and told you there wouldn't be a bill and help you get your daughter back on her feet and that was a lesson that you had learned about this gift. And you've taken this gift up several levels since then, haven't you?
2: Well, yes. You know, one of the things that I I love most is um, when it when when it you have the responsibility to give back to your communities. I I believe that's in ingra- you know that's incumbent upon everybody who can do that. And 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 the greatest thing about this, Tom, is it doesn't take it doesn't always take money to do this. I mean, or a lot of money. Most people don't realize that you can go to a Ronald McDonald House. And for about $11, you can cook them a nice pasta meal with a salad and breadsticks. And you and your staff can go in there and have this amazing experience in their kitchen. You use all their utensils, and then you make this meal for them. And then you, you just walk away, and that meal is, is had by the parents of some young child who's suffering at a hospital nearby. So it doesn't always take a lot of money to do this, but it, it takes a lot of spirit. And I can tell you that for me, it's all about I, I need to see where the money goes, I need to see the people that it's affecting, I need, and I need to be involved in that. And so that's why, like, for example, Make-A-Wish. You know, we're involved in about 10 different charities, but my favorite one is Make-A-Wish. I've been doing it for 20 years. And uh, I, I've sponsored, uh, we're, we're working on our 13th or 14th child that we sponsor a, a grant wish for. And, and, you know, to see these kids fight and to see them, you know, suffer and, and, and to see them smile through all of it is, is just so unbelievable. And, and to be able to be involved in their lives and, and send them on their wish and, and receive them when they come back and have parties for them and whatnot, it, it's just an amazing thing. In fact, um, all of the uh, all of my proceeds from the book are going to grant this year's wish. So um, as I sell these books um, through Amazon and whatnot, I'll be taking the money and, and making sure that, uh, you know, someone else goes to get the dream that they want to have, whether it's, you know, they want to go to Disney World or they want to, you know, do whatever they do um, to make their suffering just a little less, you know, a little less, um, hard on them, so I, I, I believe in it, and, and I can tell you that there 's this thing and you never do charity because you want to get something out of it. You never do that okay that 's not what it 's all about, but for some reason, the more I seem to give, the more you know the blessings are bestowed upon me and i, I just i, I don 't do it for that reason, but for some reason, it happens that way, and it allows you to give more, and i couldn 't be happier for that fact.
1: And not all your work is just in the uh, philanthropy and the non-profits. You do a lot of work in mentoring people, don't you? I mean, you've got a, a a good part of your book is talking about helping other people in in terms of their life.
2: You know, th- th- this is so much fun because what what people don't realize when it comes to goal setting is it, it, it's it's not if there's if there's a a path and that path has 50 steps on it Tom it's not the 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 40th through the 50th steps that are the hardest it's the very first one because you literally have to get to that first step where now you have a goal and that goal is clear and it's organized and it's laid out and it's monetized and it's time sensitive and 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 you're committed to it and and I got to tell you it is so much fun. To, to help someone you know set themselves up in life, whether it's their first car or their first apartment, their first credit card, whatever it might be, and then to have them turn into these goal-oriented machines to the point where they say, hey, Ken, thanks for the training, thanks for the time. Now get out of my way and let me do it. And they, they literally turn themselves into these, these, these life-creating um, beings where they don't wait for life to happen to them. They happen to life. And it's a completely different way to live. It's, it's a living a life of anticipation. And, and I got to tell you, it is so much fun to watch these kids do it. And, and anyone can learn from this book, what they want the rest of their life to look like and how to go do that.
1: This is Tom Laurie. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show, and today we're talking with Rusk Industries CEO Ken Rusk, and we're talking about blue-collar cash. Um, So mentoring is a big deal, and uh, you write a lot about that and talk about a number of things. You make a number of points in there and things, uh, but the one thing that caught me, you have a great metaphor in there about the river and the river rafting. Could you share that with my audience? Well, yeah, you know when when
2: you get onto uh, uh, one of those large rafts, and I did this in the New River in Virginia, and I got to tell you, it's not for the faint of heart. In fact, they have different levels, you know, difficult, medium, and, and just kind of floating down the river. So we went to the medium one, and 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 I, I have to tell you, when, when you're living, when you're going through life. And this is what I feel like when I look back on life. You're really trying to go with the flow. You're trying to, to, to have life kind of take you along, but you're happening to it at the same time because you're steering that boat away from the rocks. You're steering that boat away from the waterfalls, and, and you have someone who's guiding you. Typically, they don't let you out on these rivers by yourself, so you have a guide that goes with you. And every once in a while, you're looking back at them going, am I doing this right? Am I headed in the right direction? Am, am I avoiding the pitfalls? And I just think that's a wonderful metaphor for life overall because everybody has that someone that they need to just have their hand on their shoulder and say, hey, you committed to this, you're going to do it. I know you're turning around, but you can't. You've got to walk forward, not backwards or sideways. I'm going to help you get there. And I just think that's so important to have a, a mentor that you can look up to, that you trust, and and who owns the goal as much as you own it and uh, can be there for you when you, when you, when you trip and, and fall because it's going to happen. And um, it, it to me, uh, I, I think about going down that river uh, with my friends, and, you know, you're on the edge of disaster the whole time you're doing it, but you look back at that guide and, and hear she says, hey, man, you got this. You got this. We're going we're to get down to the end, and we're going to be safe, and we're going to have fun.
1: Well, when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about that guide. So we'll be back in a few minutes with our guest mentor, author and Rusk Industry CEO, Ken Rusk. And we're talking about how to love your work, secure your future, and find happiness for life. You will find all of our show notes and links at the mentorsradio.com. When you're there, make sure you subscribe so you do not miss any of our shows. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio.
0: And now... Back to the Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and I'm with today's guest mentor, Rusk Industries CEO, Ken Rusk, and we're talking about blue-collar cash. <clears throat> so tell me, how do, how do I find a guide? How do I know if I have the right guide, river guide, as you talk about that well I, I I think the first thing
2: is you you really have to sit down, and I write about this in the book you have to sit down, you have to take out that big piece of paper and those crayons or whatever you do, and you have to spend some time you know drawing out what you want your life to look like in, in as in as fine a detail as you possibly can, and you know Tom, we're we're not all going to go after you know, mega yachts and mansions and 15 cars. I mean, I know a lot of people that are, that are wealthy and they're miserable. It, you have to, like, set your, yourself up to say, okay, if I can get to this place, that's kind of like my nirvana. That's kind of how I see myself living. And, and, and once, once you have that, that puzzle put together um, metaphorically for your life, then it's time to go out and it, it's time to seek someone who you trust who, who is going to push you forward, not take you backward? Who's going to allow you to risk a little bit, not have you become you know super conservative and 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 too cautious? Um, you know, someone who who uses the word today versus someone who uses the word someday. Okay, um, and and I think if you find that person and you you give you give yourself to them in 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 this way, where you show them your goals and you say, look at You know, I love you, I trust you, I I honor our friendship or our relationship, whatever that might be. I need you to kind of put your hand on my shoulder as I go through this process of creating this success for myself. And and I want you to be there for me, when, like I said before, when I stumble, when I fall. Um, Everybody has someone in their life like that that they can find. You just have to be real careful that it's someone who's going to push you forward, not hold you back. And I think that's where you have to really sit down and go, okay, who can I approach? And it might not be the most obvious person. It might not be, you know, that that close relative. It might be someone who's maybe a step or two away from that who really has your best interest in mind.
1: So with all of that, how are you going to use the rest of your life?
2: I, I'll tell you, I, I love doing what I'm doing so much that I'm just going to hopefully do more of it. I'm hoping to... Uh, when all this pandemic is over, I'm hoping to get to speak. Um, I've had some people already contact me and say, hey, when we get people back in the same room together, we want you to come and talk to either our business, our organization, or our school. Um, I still have uh, uh, probably five or six big goals, uh, construction goals and those types of things that, um, that are on, on the one, three, and five-year plan for me. And uh, I, I, I know one thing for sure, uh, I love to plan Vacations, I I plan vacations every six months, every year, every two years, and every three years. And so I like to live a life of anticipating several things all at the same time because I think that's fun and it gives you energy and it gives you a reason to get out of bed in the morning. So, yeah, I'm going to continue to do what I do and um, try to help as many people as I can.
1: Well, one of the things about the options that you're creating yourself is that I've learned over the years that people have options, never feel like they're a victim. Uh, they, always, they always have a path to go. Um, I like that. What, um, the other, what is the best career advice that you ever got?
2: The best career advice I ever got was control your own destiny. Um, however that looks and however that plays out, you, you, you know, find a way to control your own destiny because only you can appreciate your, the output that you're willing to give. Um, and, and, um, once, once you, once you know what it is that you want and how hard you're willing to get it, it, it's, it's the law of attraction that says what we seek, we get. I mean, our brains are powerful things. So I think it was, um, you know, just control your own destiny.
1: And of all the people you've met over the course of your career, those people who are the happiest, what is the one thread that, uh, runs through that group of people?
2: Uh, they they have an overwhelming sense of calm, and it's because of the triangle of comfort, peace, and freedom, which I talk about in the book. And this is it's so I'm so glad you asked that because that's where I got these three words from. I I, I just kept thinking, what do they have, and what does it look like, and what does it feel like, and it's like, well, they're comfortable in in all sense of the ways. They're you know, they're they're peaceful. And because of these, those two things, they have this overriding sense of, 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 of freedom to them. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it was, it's, it's something where you know that they've kind of got life licked. They may not talk about it, but they just kind of do, and, and, and um, they're just kind of grooving their way through life, and they're, they're cool people to, to watch,
1: that's for sure. And I think we're coming up to the end right now. And I want to thank you. This has been a lot of fun. It's really great to get a different perspective on uh, life and other paths that people can take uh, to really have the best life and be the best that they can be. We've been talking with Rusk Industries CEO Ken Rusk about Blue Collar Cash. You can find links to his new book and his blog. He's got a great blog on our website, TheMentorsRadio.com. Learn more about this and other shows by going to our website. When you are there, make it easy for yourself and subscribe to future shows. This is Tom Laurie, and this has been The Mentors. Tune in again next week for the next edition of The Mentors Radio Show. Be all that you can be for others who need to see the light in the darkness.
0: It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life,